The following message is from King's Church 1066, based in Hastings, Bexhill and the surrounding area. For more information, head to our website, kings1066.org. Amazing. Good morning, everybody. So good to see you all. So good to see you all. Um, So like Becky said, I'm going to be continuing our identity series, Who Am I? And this morning, I'm going to be looking at, am I loved or unlovable? Um, So before we get going, I would love to invite my friend Star to come up, and she's just going to read the word of God to us, if you'd like to come up. Just while she's coming up, we've been setting this whole series based in Ephesians 1. And I don't know about you, but I have been loving just getting my teeth with my connect group, individually with friends, just into this Ephesians 1 passage. So as you read it, just allow these truths and these words to soak in again. Um, I'm going to read from Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ, according as he has chosen us in him before the foundation of the world, that he would be holy and without blame before him in love having predestined us unto the adoption of children by Jesus Christ to himself according to the good pleasure of his will, to the praise of the glory of his grace in which he has made us accepted in the beloved, in whom we have redemption through his blood, the forgiveness of sins according to the riches of his grace which he has abandoned towards us in all wisdom and prudence, having made known unto us the misery of his will, according to his good pleasure, which we has purposed in himself, that in the dispensation of the fullness of times, he might gather together in one all things in Christ, both which are in heaven and which are on earth, even in him." in whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestined according to the purpose of him who works all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ, in whom you also trusted, after heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation, in whom also... After you believed, you were sealed with that, the, that Holy Spirit of promise, who is the guarantee of our inheritance until the redemption of purchased possession unto the praise of his glory. Amen, that is packed full of truth, right? And this morning, we're going to focus mainly on verse 3 and into, sorry, verse 4 into verse 5. Even as he chose us in him before the foundation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight, in love, he predestined us. We're also going to look a couple of chapters later as Paul expands this theme of God's love in uh, Ephesians 3. So I'd encourage you, have your Bibles open in Ephesians because we're going to be there this morning. So we're going to look at three things around this question. We're going to look at knowing the love of God. 
We're going to look at finding healing in the love of God. And we're going to look at how we flow out God's love to others. And then we're going to spend some time worshipping him. Does that sound good? We're ready. Let me just pray because I'm so aware that this subject on the surface. Am I loved or unlovable? Can, for many of us, just rise up things in our hearts. And I'm aware that there'll be people in many different places with this question. So... Yeah, Father, we just pray, would you come now? Thank you that you're here already. Thank you that we've got to worship you already. And we ask that you would come in the way that only you can to this inner place of our being. And would you do healing and uh, wonders in our souls as you pour out your love with your Holy Spirit. I pray for each person in this room that we walk away this morning understanding a bit more of your love for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So number one, knowing God's love. Before we get into answering this question, I'd love us to understand these foundational truths of the love of God. And I've been really helped by Andrew Wilson's book, Incomparable. If you haven't read it, I would encourage you to read it. It's a brilliant book of bite-sized theology all about who God is. So this is the three points that Andrew raises. Just soak yourself in this truth. First of all, it's God's identity. He is love. Before anything, the Trinity existed. God the Father, the Son, and the Spirit. This beautiful Godhead with the Father delighting in the radiance of the Son. The Son honouring the Father and the Spirit bearing witness and celebrating. Before anything else existed, there was love between the Godhead. How awesome. It's who he is. It's not an attribute of him. He is love. Number two, It's God's plan of incarnation. What do I mean by that word incarnation? It's God's love in action, in sending his son Jesus into the world, displaying the power and the reality of his love for us. In this, in the cross, we see the selfless love of God giving his best, his one and only son, The word says, in this, the love of God was made manifest among us, that through Jesus, we might live. And this is the proving of God's love in the sending and the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. So it's God's identity. It's God's plan of incarnation. And finally, it's God's initiative. It is not about us. It's not about our works, how we can muster up some good works to get approved by the love of God. And I know we know this, but it's so easy to fall into the mindset of, I've had a bad day, God must not love me as much. It's not true. This is the God's initiative. It's not by our own efforts. He continues to love us and pour out his love on us, sending the spirit of adoption to seal the love he has for us as children, as his children as his children. Wow, the love of God. I was reminded this week of the story of Jesus and the rich young ruler, which we read about in Mark. And if you haven't read it for a while or you haven't read it before, let me just summarise what happens for you. So this guy who's got a lot of assets and property by the sounds of it, he runs up to Jesus and he says, teacher, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus shares the commandments with him. You must honour your mother and father, not commit murder, love the Lord your God. And he goes on and the rich young man says, teachers, I've done all these things since I was young. And then it says this, Jesus looked at the man and loved him. And then he says, sell all you have and give it to the poor and then come and follow me. 
And we read at the end of this account, the man walked away sad because he had much. He loved his stuff and life more than Jesus. And the cost of loving Jesus was too great for this man. And what we understand by this is that God loves all people. That's why he came into the world, right? For God so loved the world that he gave us his son. So Jesus is standing here offering out the love of God to this man. Jesus looked at him and loved him. But yet we see this man came so close to knowing the love of God in his head and in his heart. He came to Jesus rich, got so close, and he walked away so poor in spirit. He's someone who gets everything right, I've done that, I've done that, and yet completely missed out on the deep, intimate, knowing and saving power and love of God. I'd just love to invite anyone just to think right now, if you don't feel that you have welcomed the love of God into your heart, this morning is an opportunity for you to do that. There's an invitation from God who's standing as a father saying, I love you. Come and know my love. And so we'll have some time to do that later. But I encourage you just even now in your thoughts, God, God, I think that might be me. Or maybe it's a recommitment. I just, I don't know if I really have ever known God like that. I want to recommit my life back to Jesus this morning. I encourage you, don't waste any more time. This is the morning for you. So just based off that story and, and thinking about, am I loved? We can experience the love of God, I believe, in two ways. And here's an English language lesson from a dyslexic for you this morning. So here we go. So Matt Chandler, who's a theologian in America, he describes the experience and knowledge of the love of God like this. He talks about objective knowledge and subjective knowledge. So let me just expand them for you. Hud, I think there's a slide with this one as well. So objective knowledge refers to what anyone in the world can know or observe. So for example, somebody, whether you're Christian or not, might read the Bible and think, right, the Bible teaches that God loves me. That is fact. That is written. That is unchangeable, immovable truth. But subjective knowledge refers to the feelings and experiences that depend on the individual. So for example, I have experienced the love of God for me. Do you get the difference? And I was thinking about this. It's like the sea. So you could stand on the beach and look out at the sea. You could read all about the sea. You could know all about the life that goes on in the sea and the creatures and the dangers and the positives of the sea. You could even watch people in the sea. But actually, until you step into the sea with your toes or your whole self, you won't have experienced the sea. And then vice versa, it's important to have both right. You could not know anything about the sea. You could even know it's not called the sea and just see this big pool of water, water run and jump in. And actually there's danger and there's also excitement that you might not have known unless you knew the objective truth. Wow, this is the sea and there's a life in here. And, and yeah, so it's good. So that's a really bad example, but I was just trying to get my head around objective and subjective truth. So many people experience one of these and end up rejecting Jesus. You can have so many people that know the objective truth. Okay, this Christian God seems to love people and they can come close in their knowledge, but actually they do not accept Jesus into their life. 
And I've met so many people, and I know there's so many more that have these spiritual encounters with some form of deity or whatever. And actually, they miss out because they don't know the objective truth. God loves me, and he wants to know me. And I think this translates for us as Christians too, in how we know God. Obviously, we accept Jesus into our heart, and that's an individual response. But how we outwork God's love in our lives, I think, looks like this. Let's just read Ephesians 3, because I think Paul is really helpful on this. So starting at verse 14, Paul prays this for the church in Ephesians. For this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth is named, that according to the riches of his glory, he may grant you to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, and that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth, and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled with the fullness of God. What a description of how God wants us to experience his love, right? We'll just leave that um, passage up there, Hudson, because I'd love us to just soak in these words. This is God's heart for us in how he wants us to know and experience the love of God. And I don't believe we're called to pick one way or the other. What Paul has here in mind as he prays is that objective knowledge and subjective knowledge of God's love are given to us, both of them, for us to grow and, and grow into the fullness of all he's got for us. And I think so often the enemy tries to pit these two things against each other. Just to ground this a bit more, I did a personality test about myself a few years ago. Um, I'm going to show you my results. This is getting vulnerable, guys. So as you can see, I am a massive extrovert. And I'm proud of it. Um, and as you can also see, that uh, my thinking and feeling, I am a big feeler. I cry at adverts, I will admit to that. Um, and I feel things deep. When someone tells me something sad, I feel it so deep in me. And to be honest, I often don't use my logical rational that much. I'd go feelings first. And that's wonderful, and I celebrate what God's made me to be. But I also celebrate and love those around me that would have the complete opposite of that, God-given logic and uh, intuition and different things like that. And we are called to know our wiring as Christians and lean in the other way. So let's just ground this even further. For some of you, you love worshipping. You can just crank up the music. You get your tambourine out in the kitchen. If you're dancing around, soaking up in the presence, that is brilliant, and we want more of that. But if you don't, if you're just experiencing the subjective feeling and experiences with God, you are missing out on knowing these objective truths. That it's like this dance, right? We need to be fed by the Word of God and the unchanging truths that we can know objectively of the love of God in order to fuel and uh, alight our walks with Him spiritually. And then vice versa, some of you might be like, I am reading all the way. I love the Word of God. I love to study it. I love to take it apart with others and digest it. And I love that. And I need you in my life brothers and sisters, but actually if we don't always get out of our head and just pause for a moment and allow it to sink into our hearts and experience in whatever way we experience God's love, just to fresh, just to stop and pause. 
And we often hear that it's this journey right from the head to the heart. But I'd argue it's the journey of the head and the heart. And that's really important. It's this back and forth dance where we are fueled by both objective knowledge of God's love and standing in the truth when we don't feel like it. And we go through seasons where everything just feels numb and we're like, God, where are you? We stand in the objective truth of knowing God's love for us. But also there's times where life is overwhelming and we just stand and say, God, I need you right now. And the peace of God just comes in a way that we can't describe with words or objective knowledge. It's this subjective understanding of the love of God. Are you with me? Does that sound all right? So, am I loved? First bit of the question, yes. You are loved by the King of kings and the Lord of lords, your Father and your Saviour. You are loved. This is not some fuzzy, wishy-washy, romantic love. This is a powerful demonstration of the love of God shown in his son hanging on the cross. You are loved. No matter who you are, what you've done, you are loved by God. And don't let anyone tell you different. But also you were made to know and accept this invitation to know God's love in a deeper way, like we read about in this passage, to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, to comprehend the height, length, breadth and depth of his love. We were made to experience and know these things. Lord, we, we ask, would you come now again by your spirit and just allow these truths to sink in so our hearts and our heads are fresh. This is only a work of you, Lord. This is not some self-help program. This is a work of you, Holy Spirit, being sent as we allow you into that inner place. We open up our hearts right now, Lord God. We want to know and know your love this morning. We pray, amen. Amen. So, part two, am I unlovable? Now, I am aware of some of the stories in this room, and then there's many I am unaware of. So I want to be so sensitive, but I love that right now we're talking about the love of God that is our strong, firm foundation, and is the God who knows and who cares about every single person in this room. And I'd love to present to you that I think so often we can be holding two truths at once. So we can be holding... I am loved by God, and I know that, and I know that. And we hold that in this hand. And then in the other hand, we might experience heartbreaking trauma, neglect, rejection in the other hand. And that is true, and that's happening, and that's real. And we're not meant to deny that. And it's important that we can hold these two truths at once. Just to... Name a few things that is a really big, extensive list than this. Hud, if we've just got that slide up. So these are some of the things that we can experience that might cause us to think, I am unlovable. Poverty, being deserted, bereavement, losing a loved one, disappointment, divorce, betrayal, rejection, Childhood or adult trauma, 
neglect, bullying in the workplace maybe, abuse and sin. The way the enemy wants to use these truths that have happened is to allow it to dictate our identity. And so although we hold two truths, there's one truth that I am loved by God, that the Father wants to shape who we are, and the other that he uses as stories of grace and healing in our lives. Let me just share a little, let me just share a little bit of my testimony. About 12 years ago, I was uh, engaged to be married to um, a guy. And about three or four weeks before our wedding, he just ended it with me. And um, I was absolutely shattered and heartbroken. It came out of nowhere. I was shocked. I was on my own living in another country. I just felt so alone, completely rejected. And I just couldn't get my brain around it. And he was trying to really kindly explain to me just his process and what was going through his brain. So he didn't mean this maliciously at all, but the the enemy used it to stick in my heart. And what he said was, the more I got to know you, the more I realised I didn't love you. And that rung true in my heart. And he was just trying to express somewhat of what was going on in his mind. And God took him on his own journey. Praise God. But actually, I landed back in England and I had this warm of a lie trying to shape who I was in Jesus. And actually, this is what Tim Keller says. To be loved but not known is comforting but superficial. To be known and not loved is our greatest fear. But to be fully known and fully loved is, well, a lot like being loved by God. And God's heart for us is that we can get to the place with his help in our inner being of saying, okay, this person doesn't love me and I'm feeling unloved, I'm feeling rejected, but I cling on to the truth that my God loves me. And we read, didn't we, in the Ephesians 3 passage, I pray that you being rooted and grounded in the love of God. It's like we, we stand in the love of God with our feet firm. And yes, life comes. And yes, it's hard. And I'm not trying to understand what you've been through. But I know and I'm praying that you know that you can be rooted and grounded in the love of God shown in Jesus Christ for you. So that when life comes, it doesn't dictate who we are. Am I lovable? Yes, I am lovable because God loves me. I think so often we can build these walls around our heart of experiences, trauma. And then on top of that, the lies that the enemy tries to put on top of that. And we can become somewhere deep inside. We think, God, I think you love me, but I'm not sure. We're clinging on. But actually, these walls can just make us feel like, right, no one can get in. My feelings can't get out. And what God wants to do is just brick by brick, just gradually remove these lies and replace them with his truths. He wants to bring healing where there's been trauma and neglect. And sometimes that happens in a quicker process, but so often, I know my experience, this is years and years of allowing God to come into my heart and say, God, I need you. I need your healing. Speaking verses over myself, like, thank you, Lord, you bind up the brokenhearted. Thank you that you came to rescue me. Thank you that your burden is easy and light. And we hide ourselves 
in the love of God and we allow God and invite him behind the wall into the deepest places of our heart. And as we do that, he takes brick by brick, smashes the walls around our hearts and he replaces that as we build on that foundation with the promises of God. So that as life hits and comes, we've got the word of God in our hearts. We've got the objective truth. And then we begin to know the subjective experiences of following God, being filled with his spirit. So the pain and the sting, like I said, gets taken out over time by the gospel as we allow God to journey with us. But actually, the beautiful, wonderful thing about the love of God is that what we go through becomes the grace story in our lives and the love we experience through the healing power of God in our inner being is the same love that we can then express to others, right? So just, can I have the band up? Is that all right? Just as a last point, I think this is so key. We were made to flow out the love of God to others. God wants us to be free to love, to receive his love, to love him back, but also to love others. People who have a deep assurance of the fact they're loved can love others really well, no matter what else is going on in their lives. And obviously there's wisdom, and sometimes we need to just take time to allow God to heal us. But I think so often we can see ourselves like a reservoir, where we're like, oh, I'm going to get filled up, filled up with the God's, God's love. And then we might just leak over the top with just trying to love somebody today. And that's okay, but I don't think it's what we are made for. I feel like we're made more like a river, where the love of God flows into us continually. And we get to flow out the love of God to others around us. I think sometimes when it's just us and God, it can get so intense. I don't know about you, I've had times where I'm just like, oh my word, I'm bored of myself. But actually, as we look inward, upward and outward, it does ourselves good. So we can find ourselves believing not, am I loved, but I am loved, and then speaking that out to others too. Would you love to stand with me? We, we really want to have some time. I can talk and give you objectionable knowledge, but really this is about God allowing his truth and his spirit to sink into each of our hearts this morning. Romans 5.5 5 says, God pours out his Holy Spirit on our hearts to pour in the love of God. It's amazing, right? Some of you actually, I didn't have time to go into this, but some of you actually part of the journey is dealing with disappointment and doubt in God. God, why did you let that happen? God, I'm doubting your love for me because I've experienced this, and that's okay. But how wonderful that you can take that disappointment and doubt to a loving father who's big enough to handle that. So some of you, that's going to be your journey for a little bit. Sometimes we don't feel it, and we need to just hold on to the truth. And that's okay. As we're singing these songs, you can just sing the words out, and that is powerful against the enemy and the schemes and the lies. And for some of you, I just, as I was preparing this, really feel like the enemy, the devil, has closed your mouth. I could see gaffer tape over some of your mouths. Like, you just can't verbalise the love of God for yourself out of your mouth. And I just believe this morning God wants to break you free of that. And it might be the start of a journey. Like, you just whisper, God, I think you love me. And that is a massive win. 
And as you get more and more used to speaking out these truths in your own time with others around you, what a wonderful journey God wants to take you on in that. So as the band are going to play, I'd love us to just pray this prayer out. It's based from the prayer that Paul prayed in Ephesians 3. It's going to come up in a minute. Is that right, Hud, just to pop it up? Amazing. We're going to pray this out. Let me pray. Oh, here we go. Let me just speak this verse so we can just let it sink into our heart before we pray it out. Father, I ask that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant me to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in my inner being, so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, so that I, being rooted and grounded in your love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge, that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. So this is a choice. You don't have to pray this prayer. But if you'd like to, why don't we join together now? We're going to speak this out. I encourage you to look back again this week and delve into this for yourself. And then we're going to just allow the Spirit of God to come and minister the love of God to us. Let's pray this together, shall we? Feel free to open your hands, whatever you want. Father, I ask that according to the riches of your glory, you may grant me to be strengthened with power through the Spirit in my inner being, so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith, so that I, being rooted and grounded in your love, may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that I may be filled with all the fullness of God. In Jesus' name I ask. Amen. Amen.